Hello, this is Mark. Thank you for joining me on Words of Truth today. Bearing with uncertainty is a difficult thing to do. Uh, we want to know, don't we? In my ministry over these past 40 years, my wife and I, we've moved hmm, nine different times under the leading of the Holy Spirit to different churches in five provinces and two states. And you know, every time we sensed from the Lord that it was time for us to move, there was always the uncertainty of when will we get a call from a different church, or how long will the process take, or how long will it be to sell our house? Uh, what will be the be uh, what will what will we be moving to next? Sorry for that messed up sentence right there. <laughs> and there have been a couple of times that. There's been months with no employment when we wondered, will we be able to meet our needs and pay our bills? And how long will we have to wait? And for me, the impatient person that I know that I am, the waiting can be excruciatingly painful. Why? Well, because we want to know. <clears throat> now, over these past two years, we've been dealing with uh, what's been called a pandemic. I'm sure that all of us have been wondering, how long will this virus be around? Uh, will it get worse? Will I catch it? How serious will it be if I do catch it? Now, I've been around people who have died from COVID. And I've been around people who have caught the virus and got really sick and struggled through it and got well. And other people who caught it, and it was no more than cold. And we wonder, well, how bad would it be if I caught it? And now, all eyes are on the war in the Ukraine with Russia. And again, we're all wondering, how in the world is this war going to impact our lives? <clears throat> A lot of people are blaming the high price of gas on the war. We're wondering if Russia is serious about its nuclear power and threats. Some people are even wondering if this is the beginning of the end in a prophetical kind of way. And we're watching and waiting <clears throat> in all the uncertainty. Excuse me. But Jesus made it clear in Luke chapter 9, verses 57 and 58, that his followers have to be able to bear up under uncertainty when he said, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. <laughs> I can hear him saying that, can't you? And Jesus, listen to how Jesus responded. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You see, whoever made that declaration to Jesus, I believe they were sincere. I mean, they had heard him preach and perform miracles, but what that person didn't understand was that at the moment, Jesus, he was basically homeless. His disciples were traveling south from Galilee, and he was on his way up to Jerusalem, where he knew that he would be crucified for the sins of the world. But to get there, he had to travel through Samaria. And so Jesus was saying to the person that, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to deal with a lot of uncertainties. Now, back then, there was a lot of animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans because the Samaritans came from a mixed blood of Jews and Gentiles. 
200 years earlier. And over the years, the Samaritans had developed their own version of the scriptures, and they even built their own temple on their own mountain. As a result, their belief system was a distortion of Jewish orthodoxy. And that's why John 4, verse 9 says that the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. But Jesus had made a bit of a name for himself among the Samaritans. In fact, he spoke directly with Samaritans and he spoke with kindness to them. In a town in the town of Sychar, he had spoken with a woman of questionable reputation. And as a result, she had a lot of other people in the town speak to him as well as well. And they believed that Jesus was the Messiah. But then Later on, when Jesus was traveling from Capernaum on their way to Jerusalem, they had to go through Samaria again. But this time, there was a quite large cohort of people who were traveling with Jesus. And so Luke 9.52 says that Jesus sent some messengers ahead of him to make some preparations for him to have a place to stay and to eat, along with the people traveling with him. But listen to what happens in verse 53. But the people, that is of Samaria, but the people did not receive him. And why did they reject him? Well, it was because of what John chapter 4 verse 9 says in the same story where Jesus ministered to the women of Samaria. Quote, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. In other words, they had a heart problem. I mean, this animosity between the Jews and the the Samaritans had been going on for 200 years before Jesus came along. And even though they most likely knew about Jesus and had probably heard the stories of what happened in Sychar, they didn't care. They rejected Jesus. And this really ticked off the disciples of Jesus, so much so that they wanted to wipe them off of the face of the map. They said in Luke chapter 9 and verse 54, Lord, You want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? In our language today, we'd say, Lord, do you want us just to nuke them? I mean, they wanted revenge. But Jesus hadn't come to judge the world, but to save it. And so they moved on from there without having any place to stay that night. So when an adoring fan announced his desire to follow him anywhere, Jesus deglamorized things by saying, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, Jesus doesn't tell us how that person responded, because what's important is the implied question Can you bear up under uncertainty? Can you bear not knowing how God is going to provide for your most urgent and basic needs and still trust that he'll do it? Can you? I think it's a question Jesus wants all of us to wrestle with in this upside-down, war-torn, frazzled world. There are simply going to be times when we don't know where the provision is going to come from. Where we'll be one, two, five, or ten years from now. What our world will look like in the next century. We just don't know how our health will be next week, next year. People will sometimes ask me, well, 
What do you think the next five years will look like? Is this the beginning of the end? Do you think Jesus is coming back soon? And I have to just say to them, I don't know. There's a degree of uncertainty about it all that none of us can know for sure. In our lives, circumstances will look precarious and threatening. Plans are going to fall through. People are going to disappoint us. People might even reject or misunderstand our mission. If those kinds of things happen to Jesus, well, we shouldn't be surprised if they happen to us. And unlike John and James, who got angry with the Samaritans, we need to keep our cool, lest Jesus rebuke us like he did his disciples. You see, Jesus doesn't want us to be governed by fear at such times. He wants us to be governed by faith. And the reason is that the uncertainty that we face is an apparent uncertainty. In fact, our future and our provision and our ultimate triumph are indeed certain to God because he has all the foreknowledge and the power and the resources and the desire to turn everything for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. In fact, I would go so far as to say that uncertain seasons are usually the most powerful God moments we experience. Why? Because they put God on display more than in other seasons. And they demonstrate that God exists and rewards those who seek him. And so if you're in one of those seasons, take heart. You're likely experiencing what it means to have a God who, as Isaiah 64, 4 says, acts for those who wait for him. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.